This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. For example, a French woman versus like a Chinese woman, they are looking for extremely different things in terms right. of like one is more like taking care of their skin and the other one is more of like looking good and looking sleek and having the great signature red lipstick, you know, it's yeah. super different when you go. And then others are more of like the eyes, for example, in the Middle East, even in Latin America, the eyes is super, are super important uh, parts of, uh, of, of the way they express their personality. So it depends on the place. Uh, it depends on the, on the country and on the culture is how they uh, transmit and they represent what beauty means to them and how they want to feel good and how they feel good, actually. Yeah, that's very cool. Welcome to Nirvana Sisters Podcast, where we take the intimidation out of well-being and beauty to help you achieve your highest state, your nirvana. We are sisters-in-law and your hosts. I'm Amy Sherman. And I'm Katie Chandler. So let's get into some real conversation. Welcome back to the show, Nirvana Sisters family. It's Amy and Katie. And today we are here with Denise Guerra, who is originally from Mexico and began her career at Nike Mexico. She joined the world leader in prestige beauty and Estee Lauder companies and its Mexican affiliate where she's held many positions of increasing responsibility over the time she's been there in the area of marketing, which is close to my heart. She was also named by CNN Expansion Magazine, one of the 30 promises in their 30 in Mexico. And in that same year, she was promoted to regional marketing director of Latin America for Estee Lauder, Tom Ford, and Prestige Fragrances Cluster. In this position, she led the marketing strategy for these brands in over 12 countries, highlighting Mexico, Chile, and Brazil, managing to position several of them in the top rankings of the Latin American luxury beauty market. In 2019, she was promoted as executive director from Latin America for Bobby Brown, Becca, and Bumble and Bubble brands. Twenty. I, there's so many things here, Denise. It's yeah, amazing. I'm reading your career and going, wow, this is just so incredible. I can't even. So in 2020, she was promoted to executive director GM of Latin America, leading again the Estee Lauder brand where she managed to position it in the top number one prestige skincare rank in markets such as Mexico and Peru. And currently, Denise is vice president, general manager of the company's legacy brand cluster, Estee Lauder and Clinique leading its business development in the Latin American markets. She lives in New York City and is very passionate about developing the Latin culture and helping mentor and promote Latin talent within the beauty industry. So there's so many accolades here, and it's just so impressive, your expansive career in beauty, which is why we wanted to have you on the show, Denise. Denise and I met through a professional networking company called Chief that we're both a part of, which is a great way to meet so many women in high-level roles in different companies. So Denise and I met through that and wanted to have her on the show to talk all things beauty and tell us what she knows because she just has been everywhere and it's just so, so impressive. So welcome to the show, Denise. Thank you so much, Amy and Katie. I'm so flattered to to have been invited here and very, very looking very much looking forward for the, our conversation. Yeah, we're really looking forward to talk to you as well and hear all the things you have to say. But before we begin, we like to start with our weekly Nirvana and talk about something that brought us joy this week, whether it's big or small, something that put a smile on my face. So Katie, I'm going to send it to you to give us your Nirvana of the week. 
No, thanks, Amy. I think mine was yesterday. I'm in Nashville for the weekend with my husband. We're going to see Pearl Jam concert tonight, which listeners, I don't know if I've mentioned his obsession with Pearl Jam, but he's he's seen them all over the world, probably almost 100 shows. So, But he got in late last night and I got in early. I was here around three o'clock. So I had the whole afternoon and evening to just be by myself and walk around Nashville and do some shopping and go to dinner and sit on a rooftop and have a glass of wine solo and decompress. No kids. uh, No kids. Yeah, it was great. Like it would have been amazing if he was with me, but he didn't get in until 10 and I wasn't going to let that ruin my time. Uh, So that was definitely uh, my nirvana this week. It was a great afternoon. What about you, Amy? That's so nice to have some time to yourself. Um, so mine, so I got together with family this week and, um, had some cousins in town from Pittsburgh and who I hadn't seen in a very long time. And, uh, they were over our house and one of them, um, they hadn't met my two boys. I have a 12 and 15 year old Denise and my older one was named after my grandfather who we called pop-up Jack. And one of our cousins who hadn't met him before said, Oh, it's so nice to meet you. And then she turned to me and she goes, he looks just like Pop-Up Jack. And it like really warmed my heart because no one's actually said that before. They'll say he looks like me or my brother, but it was just nice um, to have her say that she that he reminded her of him. And once I thought about it, I was like, yeah, he does. So it was sweet. It was just like very heartwarming. What about you, Denise? Uh, well, I, I think I have two, uh, one on a more personal note and one on a more professional note. The personal one is um, this week I was able to uh, to do all of my exercise days that normally because of time I'm never able to do. So I was able to go to my yoga class and I was able to do my strength routine and cardio. So I think for me that is a nirvana moment because I, really uh, there's some weeks that I'm so busy that I don't have time for myself. And, and I think that we should always do time for yourself. So that was amazing this week and made me feel, feel super good. Uh, and then the second one, the professional one was, um, I was invited to the Forbes uh, Power Women Summit this week. Oh, and amazing. I was invited to, to a dinner and then to the summit. And, you know, uh, I think that being around so many women just make me feel so uplifted and so belonging like belonging to something bigger than just being like a woman here trying to to do all of this uh, stuff that we do as women and hearing so many stories from many different type of women like women in business venture capital people who are um, I don't know defending rights of women in Afghanistan I mean it was so so many different mix of women that just make me feel uplifted and, and super complete as a woman and I'm proud of being a woman so yeah, oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that must have been such what an honor event. that is to be able to mm-hmm. attend that. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, let's kick it off because we have a lot to cover and a lot to ask you. Um, and to start out, give us, you have a really amazing story of how you got to where you are now. And let's just backtrack a little bit in here. What led you to, to where you are in your career and the, the story of getting there? Sure. Uh, well, I, I always start saying that it all starts with my parents. Um, I think that I was uh, very lucky to have two amazing parents who um, taught me um, many things, but especially the, the the value of the hardworking and pursuing my dreams and exploring the world. So I, I start from there because there, there's where my story starts. I am originally, as you mentioned, from Mexico. I studied um 
um, marketing in, in Mexico, in Guadalajara, from where I'm originally for, from. And the first thing that I think got me here is during my time as a student, I had the opportunity to live in many countries as a student. And that gave me kind of like this curiosity to discover the world and what was like beyond my country, my city, and what I was probably what I was raised to 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 do in Guadalajara. Uh, I was able to live in France. I was able to live in China. I was able to live uh, in Canada. Uh, so during my time as a student, I really wanted to get a little bit more outside and discover what was um, around me. So when I came back to Mexico, finished my career, I started to work um, for Nike, which is a, a multinational company. I was studying marketing, so Nike was kind of like my dream company to work yeah. for. Um, I started as an intern uh, doing consumer insights, so I was able to be- get very much into the details of what the consumer is. Nike is such a consumer forward and consumer first company that it was a great school for me. Um, I was there for over seven years in between internships and then they hired me. And then um, I got the opportunity. I got offered a job by a still other company. So I've been in the company for many years, almost 13 this year. Wow. Um, So I started, I, I accepted the job even though Nike for me was an amazing school and it's an amazing company because, of course, beauty was very close to my heart. I am a woman. I, I kind of like um, always dream to work uh, either in beauty or, or in fashion. That was my my dream job. Uh, so Estee Lauder offered me this position in, in their affiliate in Mexico in marketing. I started there. Um, I had the chance to um, work in this transformation of the Estee Lauder brand because the brand has almost 70, more than 75 years in the market. So it was perceived as an old brand when I started in the company. And I had the chance to go through a whole transformation globally, but especially in Mexico, of how to bring beauty brands like Estee Lauder to a younger consumer through digital. So I was part of that transformation, which I really, really liked um, in Mexico. Then I got the chance to to be able to do it for Latin America, and there I went to live to Chile to get to learn a little bit from what was the difference between beauty in like the northern hemisphere of Latin America and the southern hemisphere, which is very similar but yet very different as well. Um, I was uh, doing marketing for Latin America for many years, and then they gave me the chance to do general management of many brands that you mentioned some uh, uh, during the beginning. And now 13 years uh, later, I'm here um, um, driving the strategy for, for the, the most iconic brands of the company, Estee Lauder and Clinique for, for Latin America. So that was my journey. That's so amazing. Yeah. What a journey. It's an incredible <laughs> journey. I, I'm so curious, the differences that you, you just spoke to um, in the Northern Hemisphere versus the Southern Hemisphere in beauty, that's so fascinating to me. And to see it all over the world, yeah. China and France and Canada and everything, what what were some of the biggest differences you saw there and the greatest takeaways from, from your experience living yeah. everywhere? So if I take into consideration all of these countries, because I I lived in very different types of my life. So uh, some of them, I experienced them as a, as a teen, almost as a teenager, as a student, then professionally. But one of the things that I can see is that beauty goes beyond just products. Beauty is kind of like you want to feel good with yourself and it, it's very different in, in every single market. In some markets, it's much more of a natural beauty look and they want to just feel their best self being natural. 
in other markets, for example, Latin America in the Northern Hemisphere. Beauty is feeling good about yourself, but also very much aesthetics, a lot of makeup. Uh, people will really want to transmit their personality through their makeup, through their lipstick statement personalities. In Asia, for example, it's completely different. It's all about having a perfect skin, that diamond-shaped skin, um, like no imperfections at all. So it depends a lot on where you where you go. But at the end of the day, I think it's um, women and men wanting to feel good with themselves. And, and that's, that's a lot of what beauty is uh, for me and what I have seen is people just want to feel good with themselves and want to be, um, when they look good, when they see it, when they see themselves in the mirror and they look good, they feel good. So I think that that is uh, the main the main takeaway that I have had from beauty. If you ask for for example, southern hemisphere, northern hemisphere from from Latin America only, the very big difference are in the amount of um, probably um, products that they use in the southern hemisphere they're much more natural looking they tend to look more trends to toward europe's with which um women are much more natural and in the northern hemisphere they tend to be more uh, i don't know traditional very much of a, a lot of makeup um they they buy more products they want to change their lipstick every single day depending on the occasion while in the south it's not like that they're more natural, always very, like, very, um, I don't know, sleek looks. And that's it, the same look almost all days. So it depends. It depends on the age of the people and it depends on the on the location. It's interesting. Do you think that, um, you know, they say that New York City is a melting pot and parts of America are, are a melting pot. Do you see that in beauty? Is that, like, everything that you just said, is that kind of re- represented in a melting pot of of certain American cities? Uh, I think it's beauty, it's a melting pot. And that's why um, companies that were, or brands that are very much um, communicating the same thing for everyone are not having such uh, success right now because companies, they, they need to cater every single person and every single individuality in beauty. So, I think that uh, that melting pot, uh, which exists around the world in beauty, um, it's just something uh, so relevant and so emotional for everybody that I think that that companies need to take that into consideration in order to cater their their storytelling. Because really, uh, there's no one beauty. There's no one like uh, like everything. Like probably the three of us have different. Um, I don't know perception of beauty. And, and that is okay. There's no wrong or right in beauty. It's just you want to feel good with yourself. Right. I, that's that's such an important takeaway too, because you're right. Every culture, every person, man, woman has a different definition of beauty. But at the end of the day, everyone just wants to feel confident and feel good in their skin. And whatever it takes for them to get there, that's what they do, which could mean a lot of makeup, a little makeup, a lot of mm-hmm. you know different practices, et cetera. So question for you just about trends right now and like what you're seeing um, in your space in terms of the beauty industry, like what you're seeing now and where you see it headed? I mean, we've seen a lot, obviously, with clean beauty and all of this, but just generally speaking, are there any trends that are popping for you and things that you're seeing coming up that are interesting that we could, that our listeners might want to, you know, learn about? Sure. Um, I think that um, a lot and and with uh, with the pandemic, uh, it, it it increases even more 
people is super hyper self-aware of themselves and they want to just feel good and be um, self-expressive. Like they, th- that individuality, it's one of the biggest trends that we are seeing. Um, and it comes a lot to what I said before, to emotional uh, emotional ways of, of representing beauty. So I think one of the main trends that I see right now it's how companies are needing to adapt their storytelling to this emotional connection for the consumer. So people are self-aware of what they want. They want to feel good. They want to feel emotionally connected with themselves and with the brands that they are using. So I think that uh, companies need to adapt to that. I also think that, of course, there is a lot of self-consciousness and, and consciousness about the environment. So what you mentioned, clean beauty, but also how the companies are um, investing in better packaging that it's um, that it's uh, packaging that it's recyclable that it's not uh, harming the the environment uh, that is extremely important right now for all different like not only beauty companies it's just a trend in general in consumption mm-hmm. um, I think there's also in beauty in particular um, what what I spoke about before like healthification of beauty like people are not only about like not only anymore about just aesthetics in beauty so they want to feel good but they want to feel that they are giving health benefits to their skin when they are using beauty so that they actually feel good with what they are using and that they are not putting some um, many chemicals in their skin and that they're kind of like as as there is trends of eating healthy of taking care of yourself with uh, exercise also what you put on yourself it's uh, it's super important and, and then um, as well, things like with the pandemic, it was super like um, as people couldn't travel and couldn't get some things that they normally get when they travel abroad um, in, in beauty, but in, in general, in consumption, also this hyper localization or local pride of consumption. So people are consuming from their markets like like local brands, uh, I see it a lot in beauty, local mm-hmm. brands in Mexico, local brands in Brazil, they are getting a lot of momentum because consumers, as they were not able to travel, but as well, there is this traditional like local pride. Uh, these brands are getting bigger and bigger uh, because they are created by local uh, local creators, uh, some, sometimes with local ingredients from the specific region. Oh. So, I mean, I could speak a lot about a lot of trends, but I think those are one of the ones that pop to my head right now and that companies, we are having to adapt to those trends to to make everyone feel uh, comfortable and make the brand, even if it's a global brand, to feel locally relevant. Yeah. And the health of I'm going to say it wrong. The healthification of these products, is that a step further than clean beauty? Is that more of like, um, you know, the products that you see that maybe are enhanced with vitamin C that traditionally weren't and things like that, like foundation that has been enhanced with something. Is that, is that what you mean by the healthification? Yeah. So there's one concept that is very popular right now, which is, for example, skinification of makeup. I'm going to start there. So what, what that means is that you don't want to just use a foundation that it's covering your imperfections, but you want to use a foundation that it's actually giving health benefits to your skin. So the, Brands are including, I don't know, hyaluronic acid in foundation or they are including um, antioxidants in foundation. So I think that this is this is the trend that people want whatever they put in their skin. They want to feel that it's healthy for their skin and that they're not damaging more 
than what they are covering, you know, like, yeah. that they are going to have in the long term a benefit and that their skin is going to look healthy because it's receiving healthy benefits from it's, what they're using. It's like that concealer that I have that I love. It's like a concealer, but it's skincare. So I feel like when I use it, it's not just like a concealer, but it's actually helping that area as well. Yeah, these, these younger generations that are getting all of this healthification makeup, they're all going to be like steps ahead of, you know, when they're I know. older. Talk about, you know, aging gracefully. All of this stuff is helping the younger we get now, it seems like. That's I know. Great. When we were younger, it's like we were just putting whatever Anything. on our face and our <laughs> lips and like no one even thought about it. So I, I was, I, I am super like uh, thankful that I started in a beauty company when I was young, because to be honest, before entering to Estee Lauder, I mean, my mom always told me the importance of like taking care of my skin, but I didn't consider it as important as when I came into the company and started to see all of the, like the anti-aging ben- or the aging difficulties of people like uh, in already like uh, aging uh, in their 50s, 60s, even in their 40s. So um, I think that um, right now, um, consumers and even the, the younger generations, Gen Cs, millennials, are super savvy of what they need to 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 do in order to age gracefully, starting with like taking care of the like from the sun. Which, mm-hmm. to be honest, I when I was in my twenties, I actually went into like, um, um you know, um, how do you call them? When you get tan, like the oh, like the um the tanning, yeah, tanning machine, tanning, yeah, tanning yeah. and yeah, who didn't completely yeah, for your skin. So and bad. right now that I think about it and I say, oh my god, what did I do to my skin when I was like younger? Yeah, and people now are super self-aware of or aware of the, those damages, and and they're really taking care of their skin. Yeah, it's so true. I know I used to bake outside with baby oil on in the sun. No, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. oil things like that, and like right. Yeah, if I don't have sunscreen on my face like every day and I'm in the sun, I'm like freaking out. You know, it's, it's, um, yes, this, um, and with our kids, we're always putting sunblock on. I mean, it's just a completely different mentality now. In the beauty industry, and I know you're passionate about this and we'd love to hear more, want to talk about diversity and inclusivity because we had, um, we had Carla Martinez de Salas on our show, who's at our large at Vogue Mexico. I don't know if you know her, and she spoke a lot about, um, what that means in her industry. And it was a really fascinating conversation. So we'd love to hear what that means for you in beauty. And, um, you know, I'm sure you've seen a big evolution. So I would love to hear more on that. Of course. I think that the the first thing that comes into mind when we speak about inclusivity in beauty is to cater to all different types of ethnicities and skin colors, which is, of course, extremely important and more and more to, to many brands. I think that there are brands that were pioneers in talking to a lot of more uh, consumers of a lot of more different ethnicities and and creating and developing products that were able to cater uh, a very, very light skin to a very, very dark skin. So that is, of course, one of the main things that beauty uh, and that diversity means in beauty. So to be able to cater to everybody and that every single person, no matter their ethnicity, can find something in your brand for their skin. But I think it goes beyond that. It goes also beyond communicating, for example, or trying to give products only to young consumers, but and old consumers. Like I think that you need to be able to speak. Like companies normally always speak to like younger consumers, or they want to have aspirational models that are twenty years old, all of them. And I think that right now 
companies are needing to diversify their communication to to speak about to speak to a young consumer but also an old consumer and they want to feel represented uh, when when a company speaks to them so a 60 year old for example that is looking to buy uh, skincare products cannot be only seeing a 25 year old commu communicating anti-aging products they need to see people more on their age also inclusivity is speaking about a genderless beauty like why do we just need to use this brand for women and not for everybody like mm -hmm. brands are not created for women they're created for face for skin so men and women can both use the products and this is something as well that companies are being self-aware it's a huge opportunity first of all commercial opportunity because you are basically opening to a 50 percent of the rest of the world which is let's say if you were just speaking to women now you can't speak to men You don't have to do a, a differentiation of your product because men are also uh, uh, concerned about wrinkles. They're also concerned about dark circles. So why why should it be just catered to women? So, and and then as well to communicate to different types of um, of um, personalities and individualities. So when we speak about makeup, I think um, being inclusive is also being able to not close everybody into particular looks, but let everybody create their own version of beauty. And that is why right now it's so important that brands are being more and more towards creators doing their communication than the brand communicating what they want to communicate. Because you can get a thousand and a million different ways of using the same product if you actually use different platforms, different type of creators, So that is also inclusivity to let people uh, communicate and um, express what they want from a product in their own way. So not necessarily how only the brand wants to speak about it. Yeah, it, there's it brings, so many things in there to, yeah. to respond to, but just to respond to the piece about the creators, TikTok is so huge. And I've noticed that many brands, whether at beauty or other, are just, you know, leveraging and thinking about creators and how and letting them use the product or service in the way that they want to use it. And it's massive. I mean, I spend a lot of time on TikTok and I spend a lot of time on beauty content. And I feel like I've learned so much from creators because they all have their own little hack or a little way to put on makeup or, you know, to use this product this way or like to mix it with this. And it's just so cool Um, and so eye-opening. And to your point about all the different ages, I think that's the other cool thing about creators because there are some in their 50s and 60s and there's some in their 20s. And so if you're, you know, 45, you can find someone who is in their 40s who's telling you how to care for skin. So anyway, I just think the whole phase, the, the whole space is fascinating and really vast and, and I'm sure challenging from a marketing standpoint. But I'm so happy that the beauty industry, as well as other industries, have really opened up their aperture in the way that they're talking to people. And it's not just a one size fits all anymore. Um, but yeah. it is really hard to do that in a mega brand, I'm sure, like where you are. I mean, how many brands does Estee Lauder have? Yeah, it makes the brand also feel more authentic. Because right. it's, not, it's not more the brand saying, hey, you need to use this serum in this way or you need to mix this with this. It's like letting the consumer say how they actually use What is the reality of how consumers are actually using it? Uh, and and you learn as brand. Like I work in the beauty industry since 13 years ago. 
And TikTok has taught me more <laughs> of the beauty industry than ever before because I really I am discovering new ways of using the products that I've been marketing mm -hmm. for many years. So it's impressive. Like you really need to open to that world and 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 understand a, and learn as a brand from 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 creators and let them drive the conversation more than you. Absolutely, Absolutely. It, it must be so exciting working with. Um, these mega brands that are just at such the forefront of the evolution of it all. So what are some of your, like, what's the most amazing thing about working for mega brands, Estee Lauder and Clinique? I mean, they're huge. So first, I think that working more for the brands, for the company, I am super, super glad of working in a company that was founded by a woman. Like mm -hmm. that makes me feel super proud because There's no many companies that 75 years ago were founded by women Amazing. and that are still standing right now. So I think for me, uh, that's one of my, my main, main things. And, and a company that still has more than 80% of employees being women. Mm -hmm. So I feel this real, real big connection on, on, on being there and being able to touch so, so many women inside of the company, but also outside. So to your, to your point, Working in such iconic brands uh, give me the possibility to touch so many women and men around the world uh, and to be able to um, give them, like, I think that working in beauty is not only um, giving them aesthetics and a product to, to enhance their beauty, but to make them feel good with themselves. And that's the part that I take uh, from working in these mega brands is I have the opportunity to touch so many people and and try to, like, from my standpoint, from my job or whatever, try to make them feel much better with how they look and with themselves. So mm -hmm. I think giving them confidence on themselves, um, giving them um, uh, the opportunity to express their best self through beauty um, and just having the opportunity of doing it in such a big scale because of the brands that I work for, uh, for me, it's a, it's a, It's an honor. Yeah. Yeah. The, it must be um, so rewarding and empowering. And I know that uh, mentoring and, and paying it forward is important to you. And how do you, how do you do that with, with those that you're passing um, along to? Yeah. So I, I think that um, actually I've had the opportunity, uh, thankfully to have great mentors during my career uh, most of them women. And so having that uh, in my life has been a game changer because people have um, helped me to get um, opportunities and to make me believe in myself and that I was able to do everything that I wanted if I was prepared to, to take the opportunity. And so I want to do the same myself now to pay it kind of like pay it forward for men and women. But I, I do focus a lot more on women and especially Latin women uh, in the industry. Um, to mentor and to help them um, believe in themselves as somebody sometime in my career helped me as well, giving them a little bit of a view of what is next or why, what might be next in their career, what might be next in terms of the challenges that they may have so that they can navigate them a little bit better. Um, I do that with, with outside of my team, but of course inside of my team too. Um, I think for me, knowing that someone will have a better professional or personal experience because of something that I said or did, it's super rewarding. Um, so I, I try to, to help as much as possible. The, here in Forbes, uh, the summit 
I was um, um, hearing someone who said, when you are in a specific position of power, let's say as a woman, just give that 15 minutes to someone that will probably change their life. And mm. you probably don't know it. And it's just 15 minutes out of your agenda or one, one I don't know, one hour a month, whatever. Everybody feels comfortable and have, has the time to do. But these opportunities of people that are younger and that are starting their career to be paired with someone that has a little bit more of experience can re- literally change their, their professional life. So I, I think for me that it's extremely important. And being here in the U.S. and being Latina, I want to do it even more with Latin women because some, somehow sometimes it's more difficult for, for women and for Latin women here in the U.S. to to get some opportunities. So I just want to make sure that the, the opportunities I had, someone else can have them in the future. Yeah, that's great. I, I love that. I commend you for that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fantastic. That's really, that's really, um, really rewarding. And um, yeah, it's your point. I think anyone that had you as their mentor is extremely lucky and it's really um gracious of you to give your time to people. Cause I know, uh, everyone gets busy, but it is nice to, I love that. Like just to give 15 minutes of your time to someone because it could change their life and the advice that you give someone that's younger and just starting out in their career. I think that's, that's just really commendable. So thanks for sharing that. So we are going to get into our wrap session. Um, and the first question is what is your favorite wellness or beauty hack? And like, I'm so excited to hear this because <laughs> you must have a million, <laughs> Uh, yes. So the first thing, to be honest, is um, sun care. I, I think that uh, I I had the, because of what I told you of what I was not taking care of myself uh, from the sun before, I had um, skin cancer, like one, like, uh, and, and fortunately it's it's done and it, 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 they took it away. So for me, taking care of your skin from the sun is the main beauty hack that I can tell everybody, like, even if you don't use any beauty product, please use sunscreen. Um, I think it is uh, extremely relevant to do it for yourself and for the ones you care. So I am constantly telling my friends, my family, everybody, like, please use sun, sunscreen all the time, reapply. Um, so that is my first beauty hack. And then the second one is just taking care of your skin. Whatever brand you choose to do, it doesn't matter the price. It doesn't matter, like, take care of your skin, hydrate your skin, hydrate your skin with water, but as well with, like, a moisturizing cream. Take care of your eyes because you're going to regret not doing so in many years, but you don't know now. So right. I think for me, that, like, they, they tell me, like, which product should I use? I am not going to tell you. Like, I can tell. May, I have my list of products that I can give you advices on. But just use uh, moisturizer, just use the serum, take care of your skin. I think that is more my, my main, main, main um, beauty hack that I can communicate to anyone. I love yeah, that. Do you have a favorite uh, sun care brand? Yes. So, well, sun, sun care, it's, uh, I use LTA MD. I think mm-hmm. it's uh, amazing because it, as, as we were saying, it's not just sunscreen, but it's a healthification of sunscreen because it has hyaluronic acid, etc., um, yes. So for, for sunscreen, that is my main, main fa- favorite brand. I really like it because it also doesn't feel heavy to the skin and you can reapply easily. Yeah. That is like the one brand I feel like from all the interviews, Katie, if I, Katie and I have done so many people have said Alta MD dermatologists, so beauty experts. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like gold star for Alta MD. And then what about moisturizer? Not to put you on the spot. And I know you represent a lot of brands, but yes. any favorites that you can share? We'd love your okay. list as I a future share, thing. But- yes. 
I will share the two products that even if I left the company I work right now, like mm -hmm. and went to another company, the two products that I will bring with me forever. The first one is um, Advanced Night Repair Serum from Estee Lauder. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's a repair serum and it's super hydrating. I've been using it since I started in the company. I actually didn't know about it before I came into the company. And 13 years I've been using it and it's the one product that I really, really recommend to everyone to use. And then um, lately I've, I've been, because of course from moisturizers, you can have two different types of moisturizers. The one that is going to, to uh, help you to reduce wrinkles and lines and all of that. And the one that is going to super hydrate your skin. So I discovered that I have to mix and match between the two because one of them feels super heavy to me and the other one feels extremely hydrating, but also sometimes it's lacking this uh, heaviness on like depending on the time of the year. So I uh, use um, Moisture Search from Clinique for the hydration benefit. Mm -hmm. It really feels like a boost of hydration and it's super fresh, um, which I am Latin, so I have like kind of oily skin. So we really want to feel like this freshness uh, in the skin and it's like a gel-like form. And then at night I do a, a Revitalizing Supreme from Estee Lauder, which feels more comfortable and more like cushioning and it helps me with the anti-aging benefits that I now need as well. And okay, and I have one more to ask you because I can't uh, not ask this because Katie knows what I'm going to ask. What about eye cream? That's like, oh, yeah. we're always looking for a good eye cream. So Advanced Night Repair, it's a family in Estee Lauder. Um, so the serum is the one product that I cannot live without, but it also has a, a, a eye product. So uh, there's two different products. One, it depends on how, and I also mix and match. So one is mm -hmm. more targeted to reduce uh, dark circles, and the other one is more targeted to reduce inflammation, mm -hmm. uh, like the, the bags underneath. So and of, and of course, I the thought, so. wrinkles. <laughs> so, so there's both. There's two of them within the Advanced Eye Repair family. There's two products that I use both, and I mix and mix match and match. Yeah, that makes sense. On what I need. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have to say, you have absolutely gorgeous, glowing skin. So, yeah. yeah, it's perfect. It's, yeah, it's gorgeous. All right. <laughs> this next one we call it our five-minute flow. You just got out of the shower and Uber pinged you. They are five minutes away. What are you going to do? What are you going to put on your Holy Grail's go-tos to get into that Uber on time? Um, so first of all, I my hair needs to be uh, not, not wet because if not, then I will die if I have just five minutes. So <laughs> I normally don't wash it every single day. I do it like uh, every other day so I will put kind of like just like a um, moisturizing oil or something very quick so that it makes it sleek and then I will uh, do my advanced night repair five minutes my sunscreen for sure and then probably a CC cream or something very like I don't I don't really wear a lot of makeup in terms of foundation I I do more like CC creams and things like that so I will do, do CC cream chapstick and my eyebrows. That is something mm. that cannot, like, that is the only thing that if I don't wear uh, adult makeup, I will do my eyebrows and I do them. Now I, I have a, a lot of practice, so I do it in like one minute. So I will do only that and then go out. Yeah, your eyebrows you're are not, amazing. You're non-negotiable. <laughs> Got it to the brow. My non-negotiable is the eyebrow. Gotcha. gotcha. I haven't perfected that yet. I need to, I need to learn how to do that. I'm not good with that. Um, okay. And how do you maintain your daily nirvana? Ah, my daily nirvana. So as I mentioned at the beginning, I uh, try to um, make time and space for me, like for, for my health and my, my being mindful uh, of my 
like myself, my body. So I try to um, exercise as much as I can because that really makes me feel very different. Um, I try to take care of what I eat. Um, so try to eat healthy, try to eat something that really will uh, nurture my, my body and try to as well uh, maintain, because I'm, I'm living in New York and all my family and I have friends here, of course, but most of my friends live uh, abroad, like in Mexico or other places. I think like um, being in contact with my close circle and the people who really um, are important to my heart, it's extremely important for me. So I try to maintain in contact with my family, my mom, uh, my friends, uh, and and be close to them and know what how they are doing, how they are feeling, and let them know how I'm feeling, what I'm doing. So... I think uh, having them close to me and, and my heart, it's it's super important. Yeah, that's really nice. It keeps your cup full, right? When you're in touch with those that you love. That's beautiful. Oh, I, you know what? I was going to ask also, um, Denise, if anyone wants to reach out to you, how can our listeners find you? Sure. Um, so I have my Instagram account and LinkedIn. I think those are the two main platforms in which I uh, can maintain in contact. So my Instagram is Denise Guerra as my name, all together. And then in LinkedIn, I am as well as Denise Guerra. So anyone can reach me, send me a message, and then just uh, I will be happy to to speak with anyone who wants to reach me or was interested in what I said today. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. I have a mantra that um, I saw this week that I just kind of scrolled through and saved it because I just thought it was a, a good, good reminder. And it's from Mel Robbins, if you know her. And I will read the mantra. She says this is her go-to mantra to tell yourself in the morning. So eight things you should tell yourself every single morning. Number one, something cool is going to happen for me today. Number two, I need to give myself more credit for how hard I'm trying. Number three, an exciting new chapter in my life is beginning. Number four, if I keep showing up, life will, will reward me. Number five, I'm allowed to be a work in progress. Number six, no matter what happens today, I can face it. Number seven, I'm going to make today a great day. And number eight, I have something important to contribute to the world. And I just like that because you could just take one or two of those and say them every morning. I think it's like just a good reminder and to ground yourself. So just thought I'd share that, that with everybody. I love it. It's super empowering. Yeah. yeah. It's empowering. Okay, yeah. I'm glad. This episode is loaded. We've got eight and one this time. I like that. Yeah. Eight and one. <laughs> See, I, I we like to change it up here. Anyway, so nice to meet you, Denise. And thank you again for being on the show. This was so interesting and illuminating. We really appreciate it. All right. I'm going to... Thanks for listening to Nirvana Sisters. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Also, find us on Instagram at Nirvana Sisters. If you loved what you just listened to or know someone that would, please share it and tag us. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of Nirvana Sisters. We'll continue to watch out for all things wellness so you don't have to. Bye. Bye.